Folks, we're living in a day and an age where you're going to have to seek God. You're going to listen, have to listen to, for the voice of the Lord speaking to you. You're going to have to find, once again, the spirit of truth. The Bible says, seek God while he may be found. Amen. We live in a day in, in which it's very confusing. It's, uh, uh, it's very distracting. Um, we don't even, right now, there's people that do not know right from wrong, uh, truth from a lie. I, I, I mean, I've, I've said this, especially, you know, we, we live in a day when, when uh, and my heart goes, truly, my heart goes out to these people that they don't even know whether they're a boy or a girl. And I'm not, ma I'm not mocking, I'm not making fun. This is this is what we're going to talk about this morning because there this is this is where we're at, and and this is what the Bible says uh, will take place prior to the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. And hopefully we're all awaiting the return of the King. Amen. To where we will uh, leave this place, we will rule and reign with Him, Christ, forever. And so that is the day in which we await. But as it is, we're here on this earth right now, and uh, God has given us the ability. God has given us the information. God has given us His Spirit. Jesus Christ has given us His authority, amen, here on this earth to be His agents, to be His hands, to be His feet, to be His voice. And we need to take that mission seriously in the day and the hour in which we live. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4 Verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. Some will depart from the faith. Now this is Paul speaking to Timothy. And Paul's instructing Timothy. Um, and if you read 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Paul's giving instruction to Timothy. Timothy was like a, a son to Paul. He was uh, a protege of Paul's, if you will. And Paul is instructing Timothy on how to carry on the work that Paul had established. Paul knew that his time was not going to be much longer on this earth. Paul knew that, uh, it, that he would have to eventually give his life. Paul went through a lot. Paul was beaten with rods. Paul was shipwrecked. Uh, they, they tried to stone Paul. I mean, there was, there was a lot of things at Paul, and eventually they killed Paul, all right, for his confession or profession, all right? And so he's speaking to Timothy he, uh, here, and he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, which I believe we are in that latter time range right now, that some will depart from the faith, and you're seeing this even as we speak. There is an exodus from the church uh, that is incredible. You're seeing ministers leave the, the pulpit at an alarming rate. Uh, uh, you're seeing the churches, the, the numbers in the churches begin to dwindle. Now, as, as these things are happening, I believe God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, as uh, the book of Joel mentions, and as the book of Acts uh, is a reflection of. I believe that we are in that time and that period when God is pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh, 
and we have to be willing to receive that impartation of that spirit, okay? And, and it is up to us to partake of that impartation of God pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. See, the gift of God is just that. It is a gift. And as like any other gift, you can receive it or you can reject it. How many of you have ever got a Christmas gift or a, uh, maybe a birthday gift from somebody and you deemed it not important enough to open or, you know, you set it off to the side and you kind of forgot about it? Anybody ever? Not you? Never, nobody's ever got a gift and you just kind of put it off to the side and you kind of forget about it and then you go back a month or two later and you say, I, I, I forgot to open that. Am I the only one that's ever done that? <laughs> Mariah says, I open everything. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Move over, Seth. I'll open yours, huh? Now, that, you know, there's times when, it, when it's like I'll get something and you set it off to the side and it kind of gets... You know, stuff gets piled on top of it. And then you go looking for something else and you find that gift and you think, I never opened that. And then you finally open it. It's the same way with the gift of God. A lot of times God gives us a gift and we push it off to the side and we don't ever open it. And then we come back later and we say, well, I need to open that. That's the thing. The gift of God is just that as a gift. It's yours to open or set aside. Many times we set it aside and we never open it. It's never opened. We push it off to the side, we pile stuff on top of it, and it sits there. And then we begin to wonder, well, why hasn't God done this or why hasn't God? And God says, I have freely given. A lot of times we just don't open. Anyway, let me get back. Now the Spirit expressly says, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay. Now, verse 2 says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, it goes on to say, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, I'm going to stop there, but my main topic here is seducing spirits today. Seduce, what is a seducing spirit? Seducing spirit is, is basically, the word seduce in the Bible, it means to deceive. It's to deceive. There's a spirit of deception that's going out today. It goes out through the churches. It goes out through the pulpits. It goes out through uh, wherever you go. But there's seducing spirit that goes out. And the Bible clearly says that in the latter, latter times, latter days, that this is going to take place. Let me read it one more time. Now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Some are going to depart from the true word of God. You're saying that. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. You're seeing before your very eyes this portion of Scripture come to pass. Turn on just about any TV station and you're going to see this being played out before your very eyes. 
And this is not a new thing, really. But the Bible says prior to the return of Jesus Christ, these things are going to get worse. Let me turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Or excuse me, chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Not might, not maybe, not perhaps. But it says perilous times will come. Now that word perilous, I, I cannot pronounce it. It's kalipos, if I'm pronouncing that right. It means harsh, savage, difficult, dangerous, painful, fierce, grievous, or hard to deal with. All right? How many here, most of us here, some of us are not. I'm not asking ages here. I'm 58. I remember the 60s. I was born in 65. So I remember a little bit about the 60s and early 70s. Does anybody remember those times? Yeah. That's what I say. Some of us, some of us do. If most of us here that have the gray hair will remember those times. Think about, think about those times a little bit and what life was like. And think about what life is like today. And think about the, the differences. Now, I know everybody comes from a different situation or a different station or a di different economic situation in life. But I remember those times as, now, I, I'm just going from the 60s, and I know you go before that and things get even harder. My grandmother was a child of the Depression, and so I heard stories of her as a child growing up in, a in the Depression and what all they had to do during the Depression. And then we get into the 60s. I remember as a child growing up, I mean, we were, I, I was not a child that lived in poverty, but I was not a child that had everything either. Our car was an old beater car. I remember at 8, 9, 10 years old, I had to, because the solenoid went out on it, I had to, get, even at 8, 9, and 10, I hated it because we'd go somewhere, you'd stop the car, I'd have to get out with a piece of copper and jump solenoid to get it to start. All right? Does somebody, does anybody know what I'm talking about when you jump across solenoid? <laughs> Today, most people ain't going to have any idea, okay, but yeah, you'd have to get out there and I took, you'd take a piece of copper and jump across the solenoid just to get the car to start, all right? And so you hated stopping anywhere because you knew you'd have to get out in front of everybody and jump across, you know, and, and you, you know, so anyway. And so it's not that living in poverty, but, you know, we don't have what we have today. My point, I guess, in bringing all this up is... Don't expect this to last. Don't expect these things that we have now to last. Times were a little harder back then. Money was harder to come by. It seems like money now is a little easier to come. And I know that's, that's a relevant statement. And I understand that some people, you know what I mean, and, and so... But it does, doesn't seem like life is quite as hard today it was, as what it was back even in the 60s and 70s and maybe early 80s. 
Everybody with me on that? And what I'm saying is don't expect this life here to continue. Because the Bible says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Tough times, difficult times, harsh times. Prior to the return of Jesus Christ will come. And I will tell you, right, and I've got to hurry. I cannot get sidetracked. I will tell you now that the church is not ready for what's going to come. The church is not physically or spiritually ready for what is going to come. Okay? Not my message, just a bit of information. Verse 2 said, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Folks, we are there. We are there. Turn on the TV. Any station you just about want to turn on, we are there. All right? Verse 5. This is what we're going to look at. Verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And it goes on to say, and from such people turn away now remember back we just read in first timothy that in latter times many are going to leave the faith because of seducing spirits seducing spirits or deceiving spirits and doctrines of, of demons if you will we're seeing this become rampant even in the church today. You're seeing churches, in my opinion, condemning people to hell because they're afraid to stand for the truth of what the Bible says. We need to stand in defense for these people because... The enemy is out there trying. Now, I watched something last night. You, you can just, uh, this mull this over. Okay. I was watching some Christian TV last night. Maybe you've seen it last night. Somebody was doing a uh, uh, kind of a documentary type thing. And he was interviewing. Did you see? Yes. Did, did you see that? I'm thinking, where you been? Yeah. Spiritual warfare, that there's no spiritual warfare anymore. Okay? Now, I understand their point, and I understand their scriptures. (laughs) But, folks, the Bible says, clearly says here, let me go back. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. 
we'll see. You can see example after example of this. But they were they were saying that yeah, there's no such thing as spiritual warfare anymore. That everything is that the enemy doesn't attack Christians. Okay. I'm not here to, but I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know what kind of life you live, but, you know, and I'm not saying that everything bad happens to you, you can blame it on the devil. That's not what I'm saying. You're here in this world and things happen in this world and situations happen in this world and death is in this world and, and, you know, all that things. And part of it's just life. Amen. But part of it, the enemy's out to, my Bible says that in John 10, 10, that the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. That, that's, that's his job description. And it says that in the latter times that the people of God are going to begin to give in and walk away from the true faith and give in to deceiving and seducing spirits. Listen, the devil's not afraid to walk into church. Any church. Now, he might not want to stay in some, and I pray that if he was to walk in here, he wouldn't want to stay here for very long. But I don't know sometimes. Can, I mean, can I be I don't know sometimes. Sometimes if I was the enemy, I would think, well, that's a good place for me to put my feet up and park it right here because nobody cares. Nobody cares. So I can just plant myself right here and I can make myself at home. And you know what he does? He begins to deceive and seduce. I'm going to turn you back to Genesis. Go to Genesis real quickly. I, I'm going to hurry. This is not, I know this ain't a shouting message. I do believe it is a relevant message. I believe that we can allow things to come in subtly without necessarily recognizing it. Or number one, because it makes us feel good. It strokes our ego. It calms us. It placates us. It tells us how good we are. And then it sticks a knife in our back. Chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, what is a seducing spirit? 
It's something that deceives. Most of the time, it's a half-truth. The serpent didn't necessarily lie to Eve. He told her a half-truth. It's half-true? Right? That's where most of us tend to dwell. What? It's almost true. It's half true. That's where a seducing spirit will catch people. That's where the serpent caught Eve. It's half true, Eve. Your eyes will be opened. You'll become like God, but you won't die. Seducing spirit will come in and give you half-truths. Part of the story. And folks, we are living in the days when that is happening before our very eyes. This Bible is either all true or none true. It's not part true, or this chapter true. It's either all or none. It's you're all, either all in or you're all out. There's no one foot. We're not doing the hokey pokey here. All right? I mean, you know. You put, I, I, that's how we are when we come to church and that's how we are when we leave church that's how most of us listen folks I will tell you I am not a perfect person right Ronnie will attest to that my wife will attest to that most of you who know me will attest to that I am not a perfect person but I try to perfect I strive to be like Christ. My hope is to be more like Jesus each day. Now there's some days I fail miserably. Amen? Anybody else? Some days I fail miserably. And it's on those days that I have to say, Lord, please forgive me. I didn't just stub my toe. I've been down in the mud with the pigs. You know, Lord, and I'm caked from head to toe. And, Lord, you're not going to be able to use that washcloth this time. You're going to have to break out the fire hose on me because this is bad. You're going to have to really, really clean me, right? But I, 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 the thing about this is we need to ask for forgiveness every time that we do that. But my point in saying all this is, like I said, we're living in those times and the seducing spirits are coming in. It was here that Eve was deceived by the serpent with a half-truth. The world is going to try to fill you with half-truths. But behind every seducing spirit, there's going to be an idol. Now, I don't have time. I'm going to have to cut this off a little short. 
but the Bible and God was very clear. I want to take you, let me take you somewhere real quickly before I finish up. Go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 25. This is very important. I want you to have an understanding of this. This is very important. And I'm going to pronounce it Amaziah. Is that how you pronounce this dude's name, this king's name? Amaziah? Amaziah? Was 25 years old, verse 1, when he became king. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And he, verse 2 says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. If you got that up there, go to verse 2 for me. And he did what that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but his but not with a perfect heart. But not with a perfect heart. I'm reading out of the New King James here, and it says that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. His heart was not right with God. But he says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. I want you to get this. This king came upon the stage and he says that he, he began to reign, I believe, at 25 years old. And he reigned 29 years. The Bible says that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. This got him in trouble. This caused him to lose his life. This brought hardship not only to him, but to the children of Israel. Skip on down to verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 25 says, Now it was so after Amaziah came after the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, set them up to be his gods, and bowed down before them and burned incense to them. Can you turn there? This king that kind of started out doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. But because his heart was not loyal to God, listen to what I'm telling you, because his heart was not perfect before God, after a victory, he got the, the gods of the children of Seir and set them up to be his gods. And bowed down himself before them and burned incense unto them. Do not let deceiving spirits take a place in your life. Don't give them an opportunity or an open door to enter in and to set up camp. Verse 15, it says, Therefore the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah, 
And he sent him a prophet who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your hand? God sent a prophet to the king and said, You fool. Why in the world would you bring foreign gods in that couldn't even protect the people that you just conquered and bring those same gods in and set them up before the people. How smart are you? Same question could be posed to us. How smart are we when we open doors that shouldn't be open? We allow things in that we know are not right. Yet we allow them in because evidently this made him feel good. Amen? Evidently this brought him some sort of pleasure or joy to do this. And if you read on, I'm going to get you guys gone. Verse 16, so it was as he talked with him that the king said to him, have we made you the king's counselor? Cease or shut up. I don't want to hear it. How many sit in the church rose today that when the message goes out of sin preacher you might as well just shut up we don't want to hear it don't tell us that we're not living right don't tell us we're not doing right don't tell me I'm not a girl don't tell me I'm not a boy don't tell me who I can love don't tell me who I can Amen. Y'all understand what I'm saying here? And it goes on to say, "Why should you be? Uh, why should you be killed?" Then the prophet ceased and said, "I know that God has determined to destroy you, because you have done this and not heeded my advice." So the king told the prophet, look, man, just shut your mouth and go on your way. And the prophet said, you know what? Dude, you're right. I've, I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to shut my mouth and God's determined to make an end to you. We have got to be willing to reject what is on the scene now what is taking place. Is this making sense? I know I've kind of jumped around, but I want you to have an understanding of what's taking place and be aware of it. Do not allow it into your house. Do not allow it into your presence. Do not allow it in, in the, reject. If it's not in this word, reject it. If it's not of God, reject it. And I understand that's easier said than done. I understand it is.
But that's why we need to be there for one another, to pray for one another, to lift one another up, to hold one another, and, to, and, and not to condemn one another, but to encourage one another. To, you can do it. God says that you can do it, and you can do it. We're not going to be defeated during this time. The church is not going to be defeated during this time. We are going to be victorious in this time. It has been established. It has been set by God. Now it is our purpose, our plan, if you will, to walk it out. Do not, I pray, do not let what Paul was telling Timothy, do not depart from the faith. Reject everything or anything that is not of God. Reject it. Turn from Run from it. Flee from it. Do not allow it. Turn to God while he may be found. Seek him while he may be found. Hold one another up in prayer.